see that high sign I got? <laughs> he told me he'd tell me when he was done with the prelude. For many of you who may know who I am, but there are some who may not know who I am. I'm Pastor George. I served King of Kings from 95 to 2005 before I retired. And since I retired, I can do things like this, show up at other churches on occasion and lead worship. I'm very happy to be back at King of Kings, very happy to be among you this morning. And glad that you're all here as well, as we join together in our celebration of God's love for us, that we sing about, that we speak about the whole time we are in worship together, celebrating his love and things like communion and everything else, hopefully, that goes on. So, glad that you're here. I have some announcements before me that I'm supposed to make. I'm always thankful for those, because I'm up here usually trying to, okay, what am I supposed to say? Um, first of all, are there any guests, those who are worshiping with us for the first time? Okay, a lady here in a pretty blue, almost said polka dot, but it's not polka dot, it's some of the kind of a uh, dress. We welcome you. Are you new to the community itself? No? We're glad you came. There's something extra special for you. Take the time. We do have coffee afterwards, right? Okay. Hope you'll stay for coffee and hope some of us will take the time to seek her out and introduce ourselves. Uh, the sign-up books for readers and ushers are in the back of the sanctuary. Uh, see Charlie Munciola if you have questions, and I hope I came close to that name. Uh, I've learned that Italian names, which I think that is, you pronounce every letter. Don't miss a single one or you'll really do botch it up. Okay, volunteers are also needed for the altar guild. Uh, see Chris Viola uh, for information on that. Uh, weekly announcement inserts are uh, available to you for dates and future events that are coming up. Reminders for this particular week, if you didn't see them on the screen earlier, Friday, dance in Kyle Hall at 4 o'clock. Saturday, music jam in Kyle Hall at 1 o'clock. And next Sunday, the blessing of the animals. So if you have a pet and want to bring that pet, uh, there'll be a blessing of that. Um, our music director, George Al Alcozina, I probably didn't do well on that one, uh, is in the hospital. Uh, and have no other information about that, but he's in the hospital, so he's not here this morning. Please raise him up in your prayers as well as others in need. And also, Terry, boy, where do we get all these names this morning? Aren't there any Smiths or Joneses left? Um, and and I, I'm not knocking names. You got a name like Metzentine, you can't really say anything about anybody else's. Uh, Terry Marcionette is in the hospital as well. So keep her as well as George in your prayers in the days and weeks ahead. There are one other person with an announcement, I think. Uh, yes, Pastor, thank you. Um, Pastor Jim asked me to make this announcement today for you folks. <laughs> Outside of his office, uh, there's a little mailbox, and there are some uh, pads of paper and a pencil there. Uh, he would like you to start thinking about who you would like to recommend uh, or suggest as a new council member, uh, whether you're, you know, for somebody new in the congregation or somebody who's been here before. Uh, but if you would, when you get a chance and over the next few weeks, if you'll stop by pastor's office, you'll see the little mailbox. Again, there's pads of paper there. Just 
fill one out, drop it in the mailbox, and uh, he would appreciate it. Just suggestions of who might be you think would be good for new council members. Thank you. Okay, another announcement. Chris. Good morning. I just wanted you all to know, keep your eye out for the announcement for our Oktoberfest on the 22nd. Thank you. Anyone else? Seeing none, um, I'm going to ask you if you'd stand as we begin our worship time together. Blessed be God, the one who forms us, who bears the cross, and spirit who makes us all complete. Amen. Amen. Let us bow before God in humility, confessing our sin. <clears throat> Steadfast and faithful God, you have revealed the ways of justice, yet we fail to follow you. We are overwhelmed by the world's violence and suffering. We are afraid to risk what we have for the sake of others, for the harm we have caused, known and unknown. Forgive us for the unjust demands we place on others and your creation. Forgive us. For the ways we turn away from you and our neighbor, forgive us. Lead us back to you and set us on a right path. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, amen. Beloved in Christ, God's justice stretches beyond all understanding. God's compassion is beyond compare. In Jesus, God is always making a new way for us. In Christ, you are already and always forgiven. Amen. Amen. Time to celebrate.
Good morning. morning. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. also with you. Please join me in praying the prayer of the day. God of love, giver of life, you know our frailties and failings. Give us your grace to overcome them. Keep us from those things that harm us and guide us in the way of salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, says the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Know that all lives are mine. The life of the parent, as well as the life of the child, is mine. It is only the person who sins that shall die. Yet you say the word of the Lord is unfair. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? When the righteous turn away from their righteousness and commit iniquity, they shall die for it. For the iniquity that they have committed, they shall die. Again, when the wicked turn away from the wickedness they have committed and do what is lawful and right, they shall save their life. Because they considered and turned away from all transgressions that they had committed, they shall surely live, they shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, the way of the Lord is unfair. O house of Israel, are my ways unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, all of you, according to your ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, otherwise iniquity will be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed against me, and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, says the Lord God. Turn then and live. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us read responsibly Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. Let me not be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Let none who look to you be put to shame. Rather, let those be put to shame who are treacherous. Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. In you I have trusted all the day long. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and love, for they are from everlasting. Remember not the sin of my youth and my transgressions. Remember me according to your steadfast love, and for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. You are gracious and upright, O Lord. Therefore, you teach sinners in your way. You lead the lowly in justice and teach the lowly your way. A reading from Philippians. If then there is there any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, Make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, 
being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to Matthew, the 21st chapter. <clears throat> when Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you a question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued among the, one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, 
We are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? They said the first. And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in a way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. I'm going to apologize to our kids. I don't have a children's time for you this morning. I didn't come prepared. Uh, so I apologize. You'll have to wait till Pastor Jim gets back, and he'll be ready for you next week, I'm sure. Grace, mercy, peace, and joy be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Music, been around forever, forever and ever, we might even say, probably as long as, as human beings have been on the face of the earth, there has been music of some kind. And along with music, there's probably been dance, almost as long. They're enjoyable things to do, and we do them when we're especially happy. And sometimes, at least song, can make us happy if we're not by participating and being a part of it. We sing and we dance when we're happy and when we're sad. Songs usually tell a story of some kind and relate an experience to those who listen. It may be a love you once had but lost. It may be a love you just found and you're celebrating that love with literally the world around you. Church music is no different than other music in that sense. Our music also tells a story. Every piece of music we use tells us something to either know or to celebrate. Our songs and hymns do that. That's why they're such an important part of our worship time together. They proclaim what God has done for us in the past or is doing for us even in the present. They can also call on us to respond to all that God has been doing for us. Examples very quickly that came off the top of my mind the other day. Onward, Christian soldiers. Yeah, arm yourselves for battle against sin and against evil, against the devil and all his works. Onward, Christian soldiers. Take my life and let it be an offering of our own lives to God in song as we offer ourselves to him, our whole bodies to him. Amazing grace. 
certainly a popular one that, that just tells a story, not only of God's grace given to us, but the effect that grace has had on our lives. A mighty fortress, Luther's great hymn, the one we, we always sing on Reformation Day, tells about how mighty God is, how strong he is, what a fortress of strength he is for our lives. Your favorite song or hymn is going to tell a story too, whatever that favorite might be. One recent hymnal that we had for use in the church basically had a hymn, it said, from every century of Christian history. Think of it. Every century has had music in the church. It's had music because we grew out of a worshiping music tradition of the synagogue and of Jewish worship, out of which we as Christians grew. Christians sing. We proclaim. We celebrate. Back to some of the words in that last song we sang. A sample of that, I think, is in our second lesson we read today, or was read for us. It's a hymn of how Christ was humbled. And then he was excelled. Just to help us remember what those words were. Let me read them again. Get the page out so I can do it. The part... Was this. Let you have the same mind in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient, even to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. An early Christian hymn, we have no idea what the music might have been, but it certainly was a hymn doing that pro proclamation that we talked about hymns always do. Those first words that I read are kind of a tall order to follow. Let us have the same mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. Be at the same level, Paul is saying, as Christ Jesus himself. And that's a tall, tall order. In fact, it's so tall it's really impossible because we're not sinless like Jesus was. We've got sin, and that knocks us down a notch already. From being able to have and live that mind of Christ that Jesus had. It's a tall order indeed. How many times in Scripture did Jesus use the words, follow me, be like me, imminent, follow my example and do what I do. Be like Jesus. But it's hard, isn't it? As I said, we're sinful. It's kind of difficult. And sometimes, well, quick, another example. I was in Weight Watchers for a while. 
And one of the first things you learn in Weight Watchers, oh, you want to lose 50 pounds? Forget it. One pound. You lose that one pound, then you do another pound, and yes, you'll get to your 50. But 50's too far away. It, it makes you feel dismal because it's so far away. So do one step. And that's what I think we need to do as we hear Paul's call to us to be of the mind of Christ and to help us maybe take those other steps. We can find earthly examples that are a little closer to us, which are a little more possible in our minds and our hearts and our faith to be able to follow and to do. The example of Jesus is just so high up but other human beings that we know. And we all know those kind of people. We can emulate, we can follow, we can do as they do as we move closer to the mind of Christ. There's lots of examples around and we all could probably pull somebody out of our own lifetimes. But I have one I want to share with you in particular today. A man I've known, had known for 68 years, Knew him since he was born. Basically average. He worked while he was in school, like many do in high school and college. He went to public schools. He didn't excel in athletics. He did with what's up here pretty well. No doubt about that. But he went to just the local college, nothing fancy, no Ivy League for him. He went to the University of Kansas Law School. Again, really kind of an average law school. I say he wasn't a super jock, but he was taught to be humble. Typical, as I would say, a Kansas kid. He could be a typical whatever kid from wherever you were from as well. And he finished his law school. And then he had to do what all of us do at that point. You gotta find a job. <laughs> gotta find a job and we, we probably all remember that process at some time in our lives of finding a job. But in the meantime, he'd got married. He had a total of four sons, all of whom he loved and adored. And the job search did take place. But I can't help but feel he didn't get the first one he tried to, to get because he had Somebody who had gone to law school where he did opened the door to a job. He wouldn't have gotten a job probably without that person opening the door and giving him a chance. And so he got his big break at Chevron Oil Company. And he went to work immediately. He was in the legal section, but in the part that did the leasing of land. In other words, if you had a chunk of land, he'd be the one that'd come out and talk to you and say, we want to lease your land in case we decide to drill on it at some time in the future. That's what the whole leasing process is with the oil industry. And he started out with a little farmer, the little landowner, the 500 acres, the 1,000 acres. Before you knew it, he was talking to owners with 50,000 acres. He'd moved up the ladder within the Chevron community. And he even went farther than that as far as the kind of people he talked to. He dealt with the whole Indian tribe of Oklahoma. If you don't know, all the Indian land in Oklahoma is under leased oil. 
every single acre of it is. But he also, and this is one that shocked me the most when we were visiting one day, he said he had negotiated with the governor of Colorado. Now, that's not the local farmer. He ended up convincing the governor to do a lease project with Chevron for water rights. Everything was great until the legislature said, nope, not going to do that. Not going to do that. And all that work went down the drain. But he could deal with the governor of Colorado. He could deal with a farmer with 80 acres of land. And all the same person. He didn't deal with them differently. They were both important. They were both, he was interested in them and what was happening in their lives. But he rose to the top of his career, basically there. Top of life. He became boss over many people. He had authority over many others. And he also delivered meals to those in need of home delivery of meals. Away from work, you couldn't tell what his status was. He was still that average kind of guy. Even at work, he didn't act that way. No fancy suits except when he probably had to wear them. He looked and acted like a boy or a man next door and treated everybody, everybody he talked to and dealt with, with great respect. He went by OB, his initials, by those who knew him, who worked for him, his bosses and those who were under him called him simply OB. Everybody did that. We heard comments about his life, like being a friend or a mentor or an example when we gathered five weeks ago for celebration of life in Tucson, Arizona. Many were there. Very white crowd, I would say. Some came from Oklahoma City, some from Denver, some from even as far away as Pittsburgh. They came from all over, friends, fellow workers, all kinds of people. His widow was surprised beyond belief at who came to his celebration of life. Love flowed in everything that was shared, whether it was during the celebration or afterwards during the dinner or whenever conversation took place. Love flowed because that's what OB shared in his life. People shared memories and they shared stories. And one of the things I kind of worry about when doing that at a memorial service is it can get lengthy and it did. It went on for an hour of people as we kept opening it up for others to come up and share. And what they shared was mind-blowing to me and told me things about OB I didn't know. The very last man who got up to speak, <clears throat> he'd been sitting clear in the back. I remember vividly. The man had flown from Pittsburgh 
to there, be there to honor Obi. He's a black man. That met OB when OB was out interviewing possible employees for Chevron at colleges and other places. But he met this man, or the two of them met, and OB liked what he heard and liked what he saw, liked what he felt about this man. And he knew the man's past, although the man didn't know it at the time. He just got out of prison. Had served a number of years in prison. And regrettably, many of those are never given a chance to do better. Obi went back to the office and shared the, the people he had found that he wanted to extend invitations for work. And those among him and even his boss said, no, you will not hire that man. He's not worth the risk. The example that comes out of this is OB looked him in the eye and said, I'll stake my job on his being a good employee. That's the kind of example he lived all of his life. And he hired the man. He worked a number of years for Chevron, moved up through the ranks as fast as anybody else ever did, and was a faithful and good employee. For me, that was the best story to be shared that day about OB, because it kind of wrapped them all up and put a cap on top of all of them. It was one of those really wow kinds of moments. But that story is exactly who OB was for all who knew him. I have a picture of OB that was used at that gathering and celebration. That's him. Forget big office, big job, huge money. That was OB. Comfortable shirt and a baseball cap. And let's go to the ball game or let's do whatever. That was OB through and through. It's taken a few years ago, but I think it's a perfect image of who Obia was as an example. Nothing fancy, just a very special Obi. We all, all need those kind of examples to look up to, to work toward, to mimic, to follow, to help us all be better people to help us all have more of the heart of the Lord Jesus and the mind of Jesus in our lives. Bring, help us bring, come closer to the mind of Christ. And I think OB was one of those who's as close as any I knew. There's lots of examples for us to follow. Examples that we need to keep before us. Examples to help us step forward, 
to reach forward, to reach higher. Good examples for us to follow. Knowing we can't reach the perfection of the mind of Christ himself with his help before us. We may move closer to God through the words of St. Paul. Let Let the same mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. We can do better. Each of us can do better in our lives with enough examples around us like OB that we know. With the powerful love and the gracefulness of God surrounding us every day. We can and we will do better at having the same mind as Christ in our lives as we live. A quick footnote not to take away. You may have caught a little emotion in my voice. Obey with my baby brother. My youngest brother was 68 when he died. But it's examples like that. The ones that are around us that can lead us forward to being more of the mind of Christ. Amen.
In Christ you have heard the word of faith, the gospel of salvation. We believe in him and are marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. generous works of God, we pray for the church, creation, and the needs of our neighbors. We put our trust in you as we pray for the church. Give bishops, pastors, deacons, and teachers the gifts of wisdom and discernment. Be with them in bold truth and faithful witness. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Lead us in your truth as we pray for creation. Empower us to look to the interests of others as we make choices that impact the environment. Summon us to be advocates for healthy waterways, habitats, and air. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Lead us in justice as we pray for those in government, the military, and other positions of authority. Give them humble and willing hearts, looking to the needs of others. We pray also for our enemies. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Trusting your goodness, we pray for all caregivers and people who are sick or suffering in any way, especially Nancy, Ken, Howard, Anne, Phil, 
Justine, Violet, Bob, Dolores, Claire, Jean, Mike, Ken, Kathy, Angel, Robert, Rod, and George. Give them encouragement and consolation in your presence. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Teach us your paths as we pray for this congregation. Be at work in us and unite us in your love as we labor together for the sake of the gospel. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We give thanks for all the saints who died secure in the knowledge of salvation. Keep us fearless in our faith and certain of your resurrection. Merciful God, receive our prayer. If there's personal prayers, please be free to offer them. I have a special need. Uh, my neighbor, Jerry, who's going to the hospital tomorrow, have surgery to have a, uh, uh, on his upper part of his heart, a valve replacement. So uh, please keep him in your prayers. He's very uh, worried about that. Thank you. Remember us according to your steadfast love, as we offer these and the prayers of our heart, trusting in your compassion, made known through Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. Take a moment and share the peace with one another. Ladies and gentlemen, as you make your way back to your seats, we'd like you to have you sit back and enjoy our special music today. Glorify thy name.
Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Alice Burnett will now explain why I give. Explain. Why I give. I was raised Lutheran from a German family, so we went to church every Sunday. You know, you didn't have a choice. Um, at first, for me, it was fun because every morning, Sunday morning, there was a little coin by my plate, and I could drop it into the plate. Of course, the devil in me would always do a little bit on the sound, so it would make noise. You know, it's, soon my brothers learned that, and they kind of put me, made me stop that. And then, um, when I got into high school, I got summer jobs, and then when I turned 16 and I got a paying job, uh, my first paycheck I brought home, my father said, now it's time for you to learn about tithing. I go, what is this? And he said, this is what you do with your paycheck. This is what you must do with your paycheck, you know, that German dad. Um, he said, 10% goes to church, 10% goes to savings, the rest you can do with what you want. Now, if you want to do more than 10% on all those other ones, that's up to you. So I followed that pattern for a while, and then I got into high school. I was in high school at that time, so the pastor was saying, well, Alice, you've got to help with Sunday school. You, you know, we should be singing in the choir. They're always pushing you, and also I was doing this. Mostly because I felt like I had to do that at first to please everybody, but eventually it became a habit, and eventually it became an enjoyment. The more I got involved, the happier I was. My biggest push for getting involved was when, um, after my girls were, in, I guess they were gone already, because, yeah, they weren't living at home anymore. I, there was, these girls were getting up in church and saying, we need someone to help us with our basketball team high school girls every Sunday. I thought, gee, they got to really good get up and ask for this help and everything. So I thought, well, that might be something I could do. And then, but by the third Sunday, I said, oh, gee, I was really getting that push on my shoulders from the Holy Spirit saying, you, 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 you need to do this, Alice. Well, I still put it to a true test by saying, that on that Tuesday, I said, I'm off from school from teaching. I can maybe do this, but I'll go down at noon if the pastor's there. You know, I'm still got that little bit of that little devil on the other shoulder saying, no, oh, you, you really want to get involved in all this. Honestly, it was the best experience that I had, and that's when I really started to become much more involved. It was becoming very rewarding. No matter what I was able to do and help with the church, I just felt really that so pleased and so self-satisfied. Um, it became very rewarding. The, la the last church before I was here was even smaller than this church, so there was no choice there. You, everybody had to work, and everybody had to help with everything. So the rewarding of it was so good. I, for me, I guess my giving is a good investment for the church here, for myself, but it, best for me is that I find that it is really, I am truly blessed. Um, God, he, he so loved me that he gave his only son for me, for you, that I might have eternal life. The least that I can do is give, whether it is to the church, to my family, to my friends, or to the community. All of that is just a response of my greatest gratitude to God's amazing love 
and grace. Thank you. pray the offering prayer as one voice. God of power, God of plenty, all things belong to you. We bring your gifts to the table that all might be fed. Form us into the body of your beloved Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. <laughs> night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for 
you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray the Lord, as the Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated as we prepare to receive the feast our Lord has spread before us. For those who do not, we use intention. You will be given a piece of bread. You will dip it in either the wine or the grape juice uh, to receive the blood of Christ.
Please stand as you're able. Let us pray the prayer of communion as one voice. Blessed be your name, O God, for we have feasted on your word, Christ Jesus, the joy and delight of our hearts. Strengthened by this food, send us to gather the world to your banquet, where none are left out and all are satisfied. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The God of glory, Jesus Christ, name above all names, and Spirit who lives in you, bless you now and forever. Amen. in you. Thanks be to God.